the people that were the early adopters got lots of exposure for a low cost and that that made them very successful My name is Felix Tia, and I'm the host of Shopify Masters, the weekly podcast powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, and anywhere in between. Each week, we invite entrepreneurs like you to share what they've learned growing successful e-commerce businesses. In this episode, you'll learn how to increase the conversion rate on your website, what to do when you see a lot of competitors entering your market, and the pros and cons of the main paid advertising platforms. Before our show, I wanted to chat about Shopify Ping. It's a free live chat app for Android or iOS devices and it even works on iPads. Did you know that shoppers who use live chats are almost three times more likely to complete their purchase? With Shopify Ping, you can share products, exclusive discount codes, and help customers make purchases instantly. For more information, visit shopify.com slash chat. Today I'm joined by Dean Legg from PureChimp. PureChimp sells feel-good Japanese matcha green tea at affordable prices and 100% natural skincare. It was started in 2013 and based out of the UK and is on track to earn over 1 million pounds in sales this year. Welcome, Dean. Hello, Felix. Hello, listeners. Great to have you. So you had originally had plans to use the startup capital for this business for a trip, but you started a business instead. So tell us about that decision and, and what went into it. Yeah, that's correct. So um, I had a company before setting up Pure Chimp. Um, it was my first kind of real strong business adventure. I sold that um, and then I planned to go to Australia. I had a visa and everything. I paid for a visa, but I couldn't resist. I just couldn't resist setting up another business. So I had the visa to go, decided to set up Pure Chimp. And yeah, I haven't looked back since, to be honest. Um so we're just mm-hmm. done our sixth year and been some real hard work initially, but it's paid off. And I'm, yeah, I would say I don't get time to think about it, but I'm proud of where we are now and what we're doing. So you had originally had a, had plans to to be able to go remote with your business. You know, like you, originally you wanted to go Australia, it didn't happen, but now you've been in a position where you can travel with your business and work from anywhere. So tell us about how you're able to set that up. Yeah, sure. So that's quite a recent development. I've been in Sweden. Um, I've been there for one month and getting there, really, the biggest thing was employing our first uh, full-time member. Um, That's really helped to sort of clear up my time for other things and enable me to work remotely. Uh, I found a guy, he was awesome. I was like, I've got to sort of offer him something attractive to keep him on board and managed to do that and then since then the business has just gone from strength to strength and it's also enabled me to work remotely if i would like to so mm-hmm. that, that's been real uh, a real plus point and it's sort of taken five years to get there um but it's been worth it 100 percent worth it like i guess just carry on putting the effort in moving forward and eventually you'll get to where you want to get, where you want to be. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky to be in the position I'm in now to do that. Yeah, it's certainly uh, harder to step away from your business and not have your eyes on it all the time if you're the only person working on it. So definitely want to talk about scaling up and hiring your first employees and other employees since then. In a second, before before we get there, let's talk about the idea behind the business. Where did that come from? Yeah, sure. So I've always been a health-conscious person. And... 
Um, that really started from when I was 15. I had really bad uh, acne and I kind of turned to looking after my body, exercising, etc., to kind of try and keep on top of my skin. And it helped me a lot. And it also helped to keep my um, mind and everything uh fresh which which was another plus point so you are always focused on on health and where did you i guess how did you decide on you know matcha green tea and skincare like specifically around like natural skincare like what made you gravitate towards that were these products that you were already using or like how did you discover this particular niche or category that you wanted to focus on yeah so with the matcha green tea um i was actually um, at work, working for a business, and we were on a, uh, a training course. And the guy came in, and his job, uh, he was kind of to energize teams, get people with healthy lifestyles, etc. So in turn, they wouldn't take time off sick, their productivity would be good. And he actually recommended matcha. And that was the first time I ever came across it. I'd already been a green tea fan. Um, so I managed to get hold of some matcha, find a supplier, and we started to sell it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is going well. And it kind of just grew from strength to strength there. Um, we just continually were looking for improvements and way we could do things better, listening to customer feedback. And that's helped to get we up to where we are now. Like initially, the matcha was from China. The quality was not as good. It was very cheap. Um, now we're paying three times as much for the product. But... The product is miles better for a customer. Um, the quality, the tests involved are a bit stronger. Um, yeah, we just have a, a great relationship with our supplier as well. So that was a, a big positive change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that made a huge difference. Um, so sometimes it's not all about getting the cheapest product possible. You know, you have to also think about quality and where that product comes from um yeah so it's it's, Mm -hmm. that made a a huge difference to us definitely so you mentioned that you had sold your first business what was that business yeah so that was a uh, um uh, it kind of makes me laugh when i look back but it was all um steps to get where we are now so that was a skin card business and you know those um the laminate you used to put on your books when you were at school yeah. Um, so essentially, we had this skincare product that was homemade in my mum and dad's kitchen, and then the labels were not waterproof. So I used to laminate them um, and also print the labels off uh, an inkjet printer. And then I went to a market in Cambridge and yeah, tried to sell it to the public there. Um, I think a lot of old ladies used to buy it from me just out of uh, pissy, <laughs> some very kind old ladies, but. Um, yeah, that was a, a big learning step for where I am now. What exactly was the what exactly was the product that you were selling? Uh, so that was a natural skincare product that was made okay. at uh, my mum and dad's home. So it Got was it. all so still homemade. skincare. Yeah, yeah. And I was I uh, was self taught myself with the skincare. Just read books and just just went for it. I kind of just took took the step, and that was the the small initial first step to get to where we are now. Um, and then we, yeah, we started to sell it online as well, um, on eBay, originally on WordPress. Um, and this was just all building up my knowledge. So that's what you've got to do. You just got to put yourself out there, keep learning, listen to podcasts, read books, just, just do it basically. Just, and it's all developing yourself and your 
business really and maybe not this business but future businesses um and then that eventually led us to shopify and shopify was amazing and i know it's a shopify podcast but i would 100 percent recommend to anyone that is set up an, an online business to just go for shopify because it takes away a lot of the stress um for yourself of like uh, do I need to set up a, like an SSL certificate for security payments? Um, worrying about like the hosting, like all these the updates, all these kind of things. You don't really want to be worrying about that. You want to let someone like Shopify, a trusted, successful business, deal with that for you. Um, I haven't been paid to say this or anything. That, that That's generally my point of view. Yeah, I think one of the big lessons that you're talking about here is just, you know, just getting started. And, you know, you, that's the way that you learn the most is just by getting started and then figuring out what you need to, what your, what your gaps are, what you need to learn, what you're slipping up on and, and start problem solving from there. So what were some of the lessons that you learned from that, that first business that you, that you made sure to apply when starting PureChimp? Good question. <laughs> uh, there, were, there were many things, but I, I think, what, what, the biggest thing is to every day um, improve, improve yourself, uh, and try to improve your business. And just to kind of realize that it takes time as well. Like that took a while to get some sales and get to where it was. Um, and then I could kind of apply that to this business. It's taken time. It took three years for me to sort of get a full-time wage from it. Um, if I was to set up a business now from scratch, an online business, I would say get the foundations in place first. So get a good website, get a good product, focus on one product first, have a hero product, have that product where you can put all of your advertising etc into that one product then you can grow from around that in the future that's fine um that would that would be yeah where where i I would start and i would also say just understand you're not gonna build a website and then get loads of people coming to your website and make loads of sales straight away that's not how it works it's a um it's a process there's a there's a growth for it and it takes a lot of commitment a lot of dedication um, so focus and get on the website built, get a great product and then make it trustworthy, get reviews, maybe give some products to bloggers, ask for them to review it, etc. Once you've got those foundations, then you can look to put some more money into your business and advertise. Go for social media ads. I would recommend uh, Google shopping ads, something where you get real time feedback. It's not like a, so we've, we've wasted money on so well not maybe not wasted but spent a lot of money on things like tv ads magazine ads where you're kind of just it's a big gamble and early on in terms of with your cash you don't want to be making those big gambles where you get no feedback so for example a tv ad we paid which was relatively good i think it was fourteen thousand pound but that was an upfront cost that was that's just kind of roll of dice is it going to give us any return or not who knows and that's just a big upfront cost it's the same for magazine ads but with social media ads and google ads in particular google shopping ads as entrepreneurs online entrepreneurs we're very lucky where we can maybe test a 50 pound budget on an ad and see how it performs and if it's performing great awesome we can put more money into that and let 
it work its magic. If it's not, we can just turn it off. You haven't, it's, it's a, we're just very lucky. Um, if you are setting up an online business or have an online business, yeah, it's great times to be honest and a lot of good opportunities. Got it. So you mentioned earlier that you want to focus on improving yourself and your business. And when you say that, you don't you don't mean like you 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 do mean like small tweaks and small improvements, right? Not like huge jumps that you need to try to achieve every single day. Is that is that what you're getting at, or are you talking about like? Can you give us some examples of improvements that you're that you that you have accomplished on a day to day basis? Just give people an idea of like the scale of improvements you're talking about on a day-to-day basis for you or your business yeah sure so i guess a good example of this is i have a a weekly to-do list that's just like a chart and i take it off every week and these are just all small steps that help to improve the business grow the business and get us to where we want to be um so for example that could be uh checking the google ads every day for the keywords taking out uh adding sort of negative keywords sorry that's just one one example responding to all uh customer um social media comments that's another a daily task um that's on my weekly chart um there's, there's so many, so many things. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Other things that we've got on there. And when you say like you want to improve the business, these are these are like things. These are like processes that you set up that you are committing to every single week. And by just going through executing on those processes, you know, at the end of the day, end of the week, that will move the needle at least a little bit for your business. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and then within that, I'm also um, sort of listening to podcasts when I get the time, uh, reading books, and when I'm doing that, uh, I'm normally getting new ideas like to try for the business um, as well. Out outside of my kind of, I guess you could say it's a bit. Uh, regimented like the regime where I've got these weekly tasks that have to be done their tasks that taking small steps to, to where we need to go and then outside of that I'm always coming up with ideas for new things to try etc and that those ideas normally come from learning from other entrepreneurs um, speaking to people talking to your customers um, all of these things um, and yeah We've always been a company that will try things and some things will work. 90% of the time, they probably won't work. But those, that 10% of the time that it works, that really helps to move the company forward. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a, a game of um, of being able to survive enough failures before you land on the one that does work. And you know, speaking of trying over and over again, you mentioned that it took you three years to get a living wage. And you mentioned to us that you were surviving off of around 300 to 600 pounds a month for the first uh, three years before you're able to earn you know, a good wage from the business. So most people that I hear that will give up will likely give up much sooner than three years. So you went three years without seeing, not necessarily, you didn't see a light in the tunnel, but you didn't see like the returns immediately for three whole years. So what advice do you have for people out there that are in the struggle right now? Maybe they're just in the first month or maybe they're in the the you know second two two and a half years into it and they haven't been able to get things rolling. They don't they aren't seeing the returns that they're hoping for. How what do you recommend they look at to decide, hey, should I give up or should I keep on going? Yeah, that's that, that's a a good question. A tricky one because I guess it varies from person to person. But 
Um, take a step back and think, what can I do to get this business to, to where I want to be? Try these things. Try, 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 try all these different options and see if it helps to get you to where you are. And if I was in quite a luxurious position because I was still living at home, so I could afford to live off um, a very low wage at the time. Um, so if you're in the same position, then great. You have that luxury. You, you have, you're in a very luxurious position, um, not luxurious, sorry, a, a good position where you can try all these things and keep going until you find something that works um, for you. Uh, it's probably going to be finding that advertising that works for you uh, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So you, you recommend that people try to like, exhaust like, every single thing they can think of before giving up? Or like, um, is there a sign that you can look at to say, okay, I am on track or okay, I'm like way off of base and maybe I need to go back and revisit the fundamentals like is there a product market fit like how do you what 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 signs are you looking at to say let me keep at this not so much like how do you succeed but like what are you looking at to say okay i should still stay in this game i could still stay stay on this path what gave you faith that you should keep on going at it i don't know uh, to, be, to be honest i've never actually sort of stepped back and thought about that i've kind of just been in the business and just kind of working hard to make it happen and then over time eventually it did just uh, like continuing to develop myself as a person develop and improve the business and it kind of just happened um so for someone else in that who's in that situation um i think you, if you're in two minds maybe um talk to people talk to friends talk to family um talk to other business people actually uh, other people with some uh, an online business could be could be a great um option to be honest because they might have some um like some golden nuggets for you to sort of of information to take away and and use or they might also say you know what i think you've given it a great shot but maybe it's just not the right product um like you're perfect you can make another business work, but maybe it's not the right product. Um, or they might say to you, you know what, this is fantastic. There's definitely a market for this, um, but you just need to keep improving things. Maybe your branding's not on point, or maybe the advertising channels that you're using are not on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think the the big lesson is like don't don't you don't have to like struggle in silence. You can seek the advice. I think I think the best advice really is to find other entrepreneurs that ideally are you know further along in the path than you or have seen more of or have more kind of war stories to tell, and they can actually see where you are and they can see if they see a path for you. I think that that's an important point is just to seek the advice of people that are you know, further along than you. Um, I think that that's a, that's a good piece of advice. So you mentioned in the early days when you tried to get things rolling, you tried all the free options like posting on social media, talking in forums, talking to friends and family. And you mentioned that you soon realized that you really need to pay to get new customers. So tell us about that. Like how did you, what led you to realize that you have to basically, you know, pay to play? Yeah, I think a big kind of aha moment with that was on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, We used to get quite a lot of organic um, exposure. And I noticed Facebook kind of 
sort of changing their strategy, asking, are you a business? Uh, same on Instagram. And as soon as they kind of know that, um, they kind of, they want to pay for you to get that exposure, which is fair enough. They're monetizing their platform. In the early days, it wasn't monetized. Um, there wasn't really ads on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but that changed. And with that, because the, everyday people that don't have a business on Instagram and Facebook, they're not going to pay to get exposure. And Facebook and Instagram were aware of that. And I noticed they were kind of gathering that information and um, and our organic exposure was going down um, as a business. So I kind of realized, okay, these platforms are they're excellent, like in terms of for a business and to get eyes on your business. Like this is the kind of the modern way. Um, it was a bit organic, and now this is turning into okay to get those eyes. You have to pay for it, which is perfectly fair enough. From Facebook and Instagram, they're a business. Um, they need to monetize their product. That's that's fine, and we kind of went with them on that. Um, that it's talk about different platforms that you use. So you mentioned uh, to us Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Amazon ads, affiliate marketing, Google Shopping ads. Let's talk about Facebook ads first. Tell us about the strategy on there. What recommendations do you have for anyone out there that is getting started for the first time with Facebook ads for their online store? Yeah, sure. Um, with Facebook ads, I would say, okay, find a target market for your, your product that that's very important and that's quite easy to do on Facebook. Um, how do you, how do you do that? Um, so you, you can, so how, how we do that, um, we do it on interests. So interest relating to our product and also we narrow it down by age and also sex and location that that's kind of what we do. And also over time, um, Facebook have this awesome thing where they can do like a lookalike audience. We also use that. Uh, that's from the Facebook pixel that you have on your website. And you need to have some some traffic before you're able to take advantage of exactly. lookalike. Mm-hmm. And out of those 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 uh I guess um those vectors of uh, uh, the location, the interest, the gender. Um, the age, which one of those is the most important to get right that will narrow in on your actual customers the most? Yeah, for us, it's been interest, um, definitely interest. Um, but because we're a six-year-old company and we have had the pixel on our website for a long time and we have Facebook has the data, we now use the lookalike um, conversion audience a lot. Uh, it's a fantastic feature on Facebook. I recommend it. So we set that to 4%. Um, you have the option to do that in in the ads, and that that's been very successful for us because mm-hmm. what we found when we narrowed down our audience by interest, um, it was it was perfect, it was working. But when we have ads that are really good and we want to put more money into them, we found that target market was too small, and that's where the Facebook lookalike pixel comes in. It's fantastic when you want to expand. Uh, your reach with an ad and also add more budget to the ad and spend. So yeah, that, that that's um, in terms of targeting mm-hmm. what I, w- I would recommend. Um, okay. And then the, the ad itself is very important as well. Um, so what we tend to do is use a video. So we, you only need sort of one, two, two videos and then you can kind of 
edit those videos and test which one works, which one doesn't, and how I would edit that. I would use, um, we tend to just use an app called InShot. Um, I think the annual subscription is maybe 10, 20 pounds, so sort of $25. And it's awesome because you can add like a backing track to your video and you can, which you can test, see which backing track works the best. And also you can add uh, text uh, onto the videos as well, which is important um, because you've got to think uh, a lot of your customers when they're on Facebook or Instagram, they're not always going to have the volume on. So having that text is very, very important. What's in the text itself? Is it like subtitles of people, what people are saying? Like what are you including in the, the text on screen? So we're just including sort of almost like bullet points, key benefits really to the product. That that's kind of what we tend tend to do. So, um, and would the video tends to be short? So, normally, sort of ten seconds is kind of around where where we are. I believe ten to ten to twenty seconds. Um, and within that, we'll maybe have five um key sort of messages for the customer. Um, which are normally benefits uh, of the product. What what do, you, what do you have in those like you know ten to twenty second videos? Uh, in terms of the content, like what is it, like a lifestyle photo or like a product, products or lifestyle sh- video or product video? Um, so we, we tend to have the product and and how it's uh, being used. That, that's kind of what we've done. Um, our product is, uh, our, our hero product, the matcha tea, is, is quite versatile and it can be used in a number of recipes. So we're quite lucky because we can produce like content as recipes um, and we have a few videos like that. And then we can take that and edit it into kind of a message. So, for example, we have a um, a quick fix uh, matcha latte recipe uh, video, which is just where we've mixed uh, hot water and cold milk. So it's a very quick and easy way to make a matcha latte. Um, that was originally a um, piece of content uh, for our Instagram followers. And then we then turned that also into an ad. So we just cut the video down in time um, because like a nice short video seems to work well on Facebook and Instagram. And then we added some backing music to that. And we also added some text on top. So, cause it's, it's kind of different. It, it's an, it is an ad at the end of the day and we're trying to get key benefits of our product um, in the ad. And then when we were using it for our Instagram, just for our, our kind of um, any organic reach that we get, it's more about just, giving our customers value by showing them a, a recipe or a way to use the product um so it's kind of a different yeah different approach um but it's great so you, you have that content you can use it in many ways like you can like we're so lucky that we can very like cheaply once you have once you have that video you can cut it to 10 seconds 20 seconds you, you can use the end part the the, the beginning like you can add the, the backing music you can add different texts like it, we're s- like so lucky in terms of being able to try different things and the, again you, the video content is all basically the product in use now when you are creating the these uh, videos do you do it differently are you creating different content for facebook or instagram or is it the strategy pretty much the same yeah i'll, I'll be honest we we tend to use the same content um, because it has changed recently um before um, I would have said you probably have to use like different aspect ratios um, for your ads and potentially different content. But now I'd imagine 90% of your customers are probably going to possibly even more 
are going to be using their mobile phone when they're browsing social media. Five years ago, maybe people would browse Facebook on their laptop or desktop. Right. But because everyone's on their mobile phone, having the square dimensions works on Facebook, also works on Instagram. What's, what's the call to action in the ad? Uh, we, we tend to have a, a learn more button as the, as the, the, the kind of right uh, and then a shop now button for like our retargeting and that usually goes to like the, the product page or where does it go yeah exactly yeah we we take it to our hero product which is our regular phrase our matcha green tea because that's um our best-selling product it's also where we've got all of our reviews um from our customers well the most of our reviews um so that uh, that's what we tend to do and we normally sort of say to people linking into the bottom we often we use the slogan sort of make the switch today um so that'll be sort of switching to matcha tea from coffee not we don't sort of say to customers oh, look, you have to stop having coffee or stop having energy drinks um but just kind of make the switch for one coffee a day for a matcha um or one switch one energy drink a day for a matcha tea and just see how you make you feel how did you know that that was a the 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 I guess the talking point? How did you know that that was, that should be the messaging of of try something new or or you know try try switching it up to like how did you know that that was going to be the messaging that would resonate with people? Uh, one one of the reasons was we we did do a um, some market research. Um, we did a, a campaign on SurveyMonkey, and we asked customers. Why did you, you drink? Why do you drink pure matcha tea? Why do you, why kind of why did you buy from us? And the, one of the main one of the big reasons was uh, they wanted to make the switch from coffee because too much coffee made them anxious. Um, a lot of uh, people also quite common actually another common one was they wanted to improve their health. So that was a that was another kind of thing that we would say would improve your health because like matches matcha green tea is full of antioxidants that are like very beneficial um to the body um so yeah we kind of took the information from our customer we asked our customers and yeah that really helped with our campaigns because we kind of gave us a better idea for why people were trusting our business and mm. trusting our product and yeah that, that can really then help make sense um, to resonate with people in your ads hey Real quick, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think or what you'd like to hear more of. Now, let's get back to the interview. Now, I want to talk about Amazon ads because I don't think that too many people out there have utilized Amazon ads. Tell us more about that. Like, How do Amazon ads work? Yeah, so that, that, that's evolving every, every day. But um, essentially, you're paying for the um, – to well, not always, but normally to get to the top of the search results on Amazon. So – there's a, a variety of ways. Um, one of them would be when a customer is searching, for, for example, for matcha tea. Um, our product would appear in the ad at the top, and we would be paying for that exposure. Um, another one is they have banner ads. So when people are maybe on a product for, uh, let's say, yoga mats, um, might also have a banner ad uh, advertising our matcha tea. Um, that that's been very successful for us. Um, I, I think a big reason is Amazon. Um, when people are on Amazon, they're kind of in that shopping mode, I guess, um, which is a big thing. And it's a platform that you know they, they do a great job at Amazon. To be fair, they make it very quick and convenient to people for people to check out. 
Um, so that helps to get, get a high conversion rate. And, and it's also a, a big thing, I would say. And the, 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 this is a, a good lesson for any uh, sort of opportunities or things you see that uh, pop up in the future. In particular in the UK, it might be different in the, in the US. It's a new feature that Amazon have added quite recently. And with a lot of advertising, when it's new, if you're an early adopter, you're in there early and you get the opportunity to get the best return for the lowest price because you're on there when not as many people are. Um, and that's kind of how their systems work. So that is how a lot of people were successful in the early days of e-commerce with um, Google Ads. The people that were the early adopters got lots of exposure for a low cost and that, that made mm-hmm. them very successful. And that's kind of what has happened with Amazon ads. With the Amazon ads as well, you, um, for your ad to be displayed, you need to have the buy box. And so, I mean, if it's your brand that you're selling on, your branded products that you're selling on Amazon and you're the only seller, then fantastic. You're not going to have any uh, problems. You're going to always have that buy box. Um, so that's one thing actually to consider if you are um, putting your products onto Amazon. In that buy box, you're talking about when someone hits like buy it, when they, when they, when, when they want to buy, you are the vendor that will uh, basically complete the transaction. And you're saying by registering your brand, by default, you should, uh, you know, I guess, own the buy box. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, no, that, that actually, that, that's, an, that's an important thing and a good thing to mention. So, you can have people reselling your product on Amazon so and they can win that buy box. And then that's going to cause you some headaches, to be honest, because the price, you don't really control the price now. Um, that can go up, that can go down. They can win that buy box because they've got more feedback. But also, your ads will not be displaying your Amazon ads if you don't have that buy box. So I would 100% recommend if your strategy is to be an online business only, I would think carefully about working with uh, wholesalers or just be possibly have something in place where they cannot sell your products on Amazon because that caused us a, a huge problem actually um, in the UK. Um, so we sold to a, um, a wholesalers uh, and they were a lot of independent health shops buy from the wholesalers. So we thought, okay, great. We're opening up our product to loads of health shops um like offline so it's not going to compete with us but actually what happened was we provide them a great price and it kind of backfired because we had a lot of amazon resellers and um, amazon sellers sorry buying our products on there then selling it on amazon and then we were losing the buy box we were losing um a lot of control um in terms of they didn't really kind of care like in terms of like the shelf life for a product, for example, um, they would be happy to send a product that's only got a, m- a month on it. Whereas the matcher really, it needs a lot of customers are not, well, some customers are not using it within a month. Um, yeah. So it, it caused us a lot of headaches. When you are thinking about going into paid advertising for your business, would you recommend people go with Amazon ads at first? Like how, which which of the three platforms we talked about so far, Facebook, Instagram, Amazon ads, has like the best like return on ad spend, especially if you're like a new business? Great question. Um so I, I would I would honestly recommend trying all three, um, to be honest with you. So the Facebook ads, the Instagram ads, and the Amazon ads, because 
for us, we've had a lot of success on both. But also, what is your strategy? Do you want to um, uh, not um, not own your customer, have, have more contact with your customer? Uh, if that is the case, go Facebook, go for Instagram, get people coming to your website and and try to get customers that way. If you're happy for to not be able to really have that future contact with your customer in terms of like email marketing, um, just know and all the kind of uh, details like how often are they buying, etc. Then and you want maybe the freedom to live anywhere in the world, then maybe you should be pushing Amazon. Very risky though, right? Of um, potentially having all of your customers live on another platform. Yeah, hundred percent. That mm-hmm. that is definitely true and a fair point. And that that that's kind of a reason why we do both. Right. At your chin, because yeah, you're right. It, it's very risky. We've we've had days where um, we've I've woken up in the morning and Amazon ads have been like, oh, sorry, your product's not on our website anymore. We're like what? What have we done wrong? Like, and you're right that. We don't, you, you give away a lot of control of Amazon. Um, but at the same time, it is a fantastic platform and it does give you access to a lot of customers and a lot of cu- people love to shop online on there. But you just, as Felix mentioned, bear in mind you're giving away a lot of control there. So you, it's so important to also have your own website and your own customers and turnover through your website just in case something does happen on Amazon um, like that, like happened to us where we woke up and we're like, uh, oh crap, we're we're in trouble. Like we're selling a lot on here and this is like 75% of our revenue and that's kind of just turned off. Like, like and we haven't done anything wrong. We don't know why, but with your website, that's not going to happen. That, 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 yeah. So okay. yeah. So I want to talk about another advertising avenue that you've taken, which is uh, affiliate marketing. Tell us more about that. Like, how do you have an affiliate marketing program set up? Yeah, sure. So um, we use a platform called um, WebGains, and yeah, that, that's been successful for us. Um, it will um, give you access to a lot of the. One of them is a lot of discount websites, a lot of um, the the money back websites where customers can sort of buy products and they get like 2% back. Um, And also a lot of bloggers uh, and content creators will use the affiliate marketing platforms like web games. So, and once it's set up, you, there's not a lot that you need to do to maintain it, which is great. So essentially what happens is, um, let's say a, a blogger that um, sells, um, sorry, a, a health blogger, um, they want to talk about matcha tea and then they want to monetize their blog post. What they do is they'll go uh, add the uh, link that's linked into web web gains and they'll get a commission for any sales that they get they get for us and it's all kind of like automated mm-hmm. which is which is great um so i definitely recommend it because in terms of time it doesn't take a lot of time and you can reach out to people within the platform as well if you want to but yeah so for us we use a platform called web gains mm-hmm. it was very easy to set up and then once it's set up it kind of it runs itself really. 
Got it. So you don't have to go and create your own affiliate program and hunt down affiliates. You just sign up for webgains.com and you can access a bunch of different publishers and bloggers that are uh, happy to uh, hopefully pick up your product and review it or promote it. And uh, the, the, the website takes care of all of that. So I want to talk a little bit about, about your website. So you think you, I think one thing you shared with us is that your conversion rate is, uh, I think, at 5%, which is uh, above average. So tell us more about that. Like, What do you think has helped you improve your conversion rate to a conversion rate of 5%? Uh, I should just say, is that 6% now? <laughs> wow, so definitely above average then. So yeah, tell us more about your secrets. Um, so I, I guess the big thing is um, having trust from the customer. Um, so I think we've, we've tried to avoid being um, spammy, uh, I guess, with like lots and lots of different pop-ups, etc. Um, and also... We have a quite a big social following, which makes us uh, trustworthy. We have a reviews platform called Trustpilot. I'm not too sure if it's big in America, but in the UK, it's huge. Um, as a brand, it's it's quite powerful and it's very expensive, very expensive. But that's helped to get the trust from the customer because r- realistically, when someone comes to your website um, and they've probably never heard of the website before um lots of people have never heard of our website before because we're not a huge multinational brand one of the big things why they won't buy from you is because they don't trust you yet so you've you've got to earn that trust and you've got to try and show with your website that look you can trust us like if you part your money with us you can rely on us to give you a good product or if you're not happy we will look after you um so yeah we have a lot of um feedback um, which helps with that. We have a big social following. We also have a, a taste guarantee. Um, so if you have a guarantee, try and relate it to your product. So because ours is matcha tea and uh, relate it to your customer as well. One of the, the big kind of triggers for a customer to not buy our product is um, I don't know if I'm going to like the taste. Like I'm not trying the matcha tea, matcha green tea. I'm not too sure if I'm a big fan. Um, I don't want to waste, buy the tea and then it'd be a waste of money. So we have a taste guarantee to take that sort of fear away. Um, yeah. And I would say also the branding is very important with that. We've tried to, and I would say we, we are a brand that's, um, we try not to be all about the money as well, which, um, I believe helps with the conversion rate and helps to make us appealing. For example, we donate 5% of our profits to charity. We are a member of 1% for the planet. Uh, we now actually recently on our website, 100% of the products uh, are packaged in uh, recyclable packaging. Um, and also we're a member of the Living Wage Foundation, um, which just Basically, it's an independent uh, charity that they decide what the hourly rate someone would need um, to live a, a comfortable life. Um, and we always make sure we're at least paying that. Um, yeah, So I think all of those things combined help um, to really improve our conversion rate. Got it. So you mentioned a couple services and tools you use. You mentioned Trustpilot. We talked about webgains.com. What other apps or services do you rely on to run the business? Yeah, so we, uh, for fulfillment, we use um, something called Zen Stores. 
Um, it works perfect for us. The price is awesome as well. So that just uh, in the back end, that helps us to fulfill our orders very quickly um, and efficiently. And then we also use, um, it was Conversio originally, but I think it's now called, it's been brought out by Campaign Monitor. Um, so we use that for all of our email marketing and that's linked into our Shopify website. Um, we have the Trustpilot as mentioned. Um, we have Simply Cost. Um, that's a, a great app actually just to give an overview of whether you are making a profit because it takes into consideration all your costs. Um, so it shows your profit margin, et cetera, just with a click of a button, which it, which is um, quite um, a cool thing to, to have. Um, and also orderly emails we use so that um, just the Shopify notifications will, it basically makes them beautiful. Like it's an easy drag and drop um, template and it makes all of your uh, Shopify notifications look awesome. And it's just a one-off payment. So that, that's a really cool um, app that we use. Yeah, that, that's kind of what we're using at the moment. Um, in the early days, we tried everything. I had, we've had part times where we've had sort of 10 apps going. But I would say, like, um, try not to overcomplicate it. Um, because it can, if you have many apps running, like, that are also loading in the front end that's just going to slow things down um for your customers so the apps are great and you definitely need some but yeah just pick and choose wisely yeah Awesome. So purechimp.com is a website. I'll leave this last question. One thing that I've started to see recently is a saturation of uh, matcha tea companies or brands coming into the market. What do you think that your plans are moving to the future to try to stand out? What, what, what advice do you have for people that are in a space that has saturation, how to stand out? Yeah, great, great question. So we're, we're continuing to um, make sure um, we're, we're doing other things that are not just related to the company making a profit. So recyclable packaging, um, 5% of profit, profits to charity. So we have, have more of a, a meaning and kind of develop a brand that people will love to be associated with. And also, um, it, because it is very competitive as well, we've um, diversified away from the matcha as well. And the matcha is still our core focus and our hero product, but we started to, to diversify as well. Um, so we have some natural skincare. Uh, we have a new sort of caffeine-free Rubus matcha, and we're always looking, yeah, for, for new products. Um, so, yeah, if you find the market is saturated, um, I, you, I guess one thing would be to look for products that relate and and really link into your your current brand. Um, that that's a good way um, to get other revenue other revenue coming in. Right. I think basically move your way move away from the idea of just selling a product, build more of a story and a a cause in your case behind uh, the business, which turns it into a brand. It's an activity that builds your brand. So thank you so much for coming on, Dean, and sharing all your experience and your story. Yeah, thanks, Felix. Thank, thanks for uh, having me. Um, it brings back uh, memories, to be honest. <laughs> it's interesting to hear your uh, voice and speak to you one-to-one because I always li- used to listen to the podcast um, a lot when I first set up the business. Um, I still have a listen every now and then. Unfortunately, not as much now, but it, without a doubt, it helped 
massively. So um, I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on and giving back then. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Felix. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Shopify Masters, the e-commerce podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs powered by Shopify.